Welcome once again to the Believe in the Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Bo Smoka, along with my co-host, former Ravens tight end, Daniel Wilcox. And we've got a special guest today, the voice of the Patriots, Bob Sosi. Longtime friend of mine. We go way back. We both cut our teeth at the Naval Academy. And so we both have a vested interest every year in what I call the greatest sporting event of the year, every year, the Army-Navy game. Um, and we will always be Go Navy, Beat Army. So, Bob, I want to thank you for being with us today, and we're going to talk Ravens and Patriots, a huge game for this Ravens team. Before we do that, a huge game for the Patriots, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. Before we do that, I want to remind everyone that Believe in the Ravens is sponsored by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events with first to the market odds and lines. You can bet on NBA, NHL, golf, esports, combat sports, anything you want. Bet Online, the top online resource for all your sports information, live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online, use your mobile device, and get our discount, Believe 50, B L E A V 50, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. This game this weekend, you mentioned it, Bob, it's a big one for the Patriots' home opener. It is a huge game for the Ravens coming off what happened to them this past week. They blow a 21-point fourth-quarter lead in a way that you will almost never see. And Daniel and I talked earlier this week. That has not happened in the NFL in 12 years that a team has lost a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter. So this Ravens team has to figure out a way to regroup. But let's talk Patriots. Bob, we're here to talk about the Patriots. And when you look at this Patriots team, they're 1-1. One one. They scored seven points against Miami. They scored, what, 17 against Pittsburgh. From down here in Baltimore, a lot of the talk is, what's this deal with the Patriots' offense? This is not the offense we're used to seeing, so I know it's Mac Jones. Let's get a scattering report on Mac Jones, Bob, and tell me also, what isn't working with this offense right now? Bo, the talk in New England (laughs) is what's the deal with the Patriots' offense. And, you know, it has been non-quarterback-centric for most of the offseason and even the early part of this season through week one because the Patriots with Josh McDaniels going to Las Vegas and taking several offensive assistants with him really made a major departure from their offense of the past and and McDaniels system a system that uh, he evolved with Tom Brady of course in his nearly two decades as offensive coordinator 18 years on the staff here and Brady of course two decades as the quarterback of the Patriots Bill Belichick wanted to streamline the offense which made a lot of sense it's been an offense through the years that as it's gotten more complicated for players has become tougher to grasp for veterans in free agency and for young players and so the Patriots have not had a big hit rate when it comes to wide receivers so that being said Belichick made the decision to change the offense a bit, but then he made the unconventional choice of appointing Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Uh, Patricia had coached one year on the offensive line for the Pats as an understudy before, of course, shifting to defense as his focus and then becoming head coach of the Lions. Judge had been the special teams coordinator for the Patriots, goes to the Giants, and uh, with a less than innovative offense in his two years in New York, comes back to New England, and he's the quarterback's coach, while Patricia's the offensive line coach and senior football advisor and the de facto play caller, uh, if you will, for this team, with Belichick getting more involved in the offense. And it, and it just ha- has not you know, been an offense that's functioned well in practices, 
or in preseason games and certainly not in, in the regular season thus far. Uh, they tried to implement a lot more zone running co concepts uh, in, in the uh, summer, and uh, they really struggled toward that end. They didn't have a lot of uh, cohesiveness on the offensive line. Finally got the group of five back together, but they switched Trent Brown from right tackle to left tackle, uh, moving Isaiah Wynn from left tackle to right tackle. They've gone through some growing pains. And, and I think Mac Jones as well with a receiver group that added Devontae Parker but still struggles at times to get separation has suffered a bit as well. There's been some frustration in, in uh, you know, the weeks leading up to the season. But I, I think it kind of spilled over in the performance during the season. But he hasn't been right. It's been uneven. I think he's been less than accurate which is surprising for him. I think he's been rushed at times. Uh, he also is dealing with a back issue out of the Miami game. Uh, he went to the x-ray room immediately after that game uh, for x-rays, bothered by back spasms, missed the day of practice last week. So there's a lot of things happening with this Patriots offense. Daniel Wilcox, this Ravens defense, we, we talked about how they had to be shell-shocked with what happened, uh, giving up all those long touchdowns, losing a 21-point fourth-quarter lead. How does the Ravens' defense, especially the secondary, regroup after that? Blitz. Blitz a lot. They don't Every have any pass rushers. That's the problem. There's no pass yeah. rushers. You got to you got to cut the guys loose a little bit too, man. You know we don't we don't we haven't been rushing a lot of guys lately. We were only really sending three, sending four most of the time, and then every now and then we'll send a blitz. Um, and they're picking up most of the blitzes we're sending. The thing I remember most about a Rex Ryan defense is that they did a lot of overload stuff. So they will put four or five guys on one side of the ball, and then only three of those guys would rush. But the tackles would be so confused on who to block that they would miss guys. Guys would come scot-free, and they would get to the quarterback all the time, and they would drop the rest of those guys back in coverage. Um, nowadays, um, everything is kind of – it looks a little bit more vanilla to me where everything looks like a true 3-4. It's, it, it's, not, it's not as much movement, a bunch of guys standing around. Because, I mean, literally, the D-line, the whole D-line will be in a two-point stance. And you wouldn't know who's up, who's down, who's the big guy, who's the small guy, who's supposed to pick up who. And you literally got to communicate so well that that you know exactly who's blocking who before the ball snap. If And then once the ball snap, half of those guys drop out, and only two or three of them come, and now you're confused on which ones to grab because you, you thought you was going to block somebody else. Um, that confusion that Rex Ryan used to cause – became so famous and such a part of the Baltimore defense. I think some of that stuff definitely needs to come back. The communication in the secondary has absolutely been reckless, you know, as of lately, which is very important, man. You can't have miscommunications in the secondary. Everybody got to be on the same page, which is kind of weird because most of that stuff is hand signals. You know, you don't have a lot of time to kind of scream and yell. So you can just, you know, you usually throw a fist pump up or or you got an X thing or something or you're grabbing your wrist, like, you know, lock up, like everybody got one or zero or whatever it may be. So it's kind of weird to see them have as many communication issues as they did last week. Uh, they definitely got to get back to playing Baltimore Raven football, which is physical, fast-paced football. And we're going to, you know, we're going to take advantage of every opportunity you get as far as turnovers. We're going to make every single throw that you throw um, to the receivers be contested. And then we're going to be in the quarterback face disrupting time and all that type of stuff as well, which I think is important this week because I, I think Mac Jones, it's kind of in, in a situation right now mentally where he's actually trying to force things, you know, down the field instead of taking what he gets underneath a lot of times. He's missing a lot of, you know, dinks and dunks. And I think that's what Tom Brady had been so good at. You know, that's what I think they're really missing, just being patient, taking what they give you and just take those underneath routes and those underneath balls to the, to the receivers, the tight ends and those short routes real quick. If it's open now, get it to him now. Don't try to extend the play and try to throw the ball downfield. And I think he's forcing a lot of throws right now. 
I just will quickly add, I mean, it's funny because in the preseason opener, Wick Martindale for the Giants blitzed a lot, and that surprised and I think upset the Patriots a bit. And then in week one, Josh Boyer for the Dolphins blitzed. And, of course, the turning point in that game was the strip sack of of, of Jones on a safety blitz from – it was timed perfectly by Brandon Jones from the Dolphins' secondary. And the Patriots suffered some uh, really significant missed assignments, Mm -hmm. miscommunication on the offensive line and with their blocking – because of the pressure that Miami brought from that second level specifically. Talk about the communication. And I'll say this, we were at practice yesterday and we're only allowed to watch the first 15 or 20 minutes now. And then as we're walking in, usually by the time we're walking off the field, the offense has started to start their install. The defense has started to start their install, but we're not allowed to really watch that. But as we walked in yesterday, the secondary specifically seemed so loud in their communication and right. and we at Marcus Williams spoke after practice. And we asked him. He said, "Was that was there an emphasis here to be loud in communicating this?" And he said, "No." He said, "Well, we always communicate like that." I beg to differ. I mean, I've been out a lot of practice. I have not heard that kind of yelling in the secondary. You can tell. I think that communication is absolutely a priority this week. You talked about the pass rush and getting to the quarterback, Daniel. Here's the problem I think the Ravens have to deal with is right now they have just they're just thin at outside linebacker. They, they set their roster up this way. It's 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 opened them to scrutiny. And right now they really yeah. only have Adafe Owe and Justin Houston. Adafe Owe has I expected a huge year from him, and it's only two weeks in, but he's been quiet. And I asked yeah. John Harbaugh Monday. I said, what's what's the story with Adafe Owe? I mean, is there are they doubling him? Is he getting chipped? When you watch him on film again. What are you seeing from him? And he basically bluntly said he just has to play better. Um, So he's obviously not pleased with it. But again, they're not. Justin Houston's 33 years old and he's playing two thirds of the snaps. And I just think he's wearing down. They I just think by the fourth quarter, those guys are gassed, but they don't they're not rotating in four and five edge rushers because they don't have four and five edge rushers. And I think that's a significant issue. So we will see if they can communicate on defense and get the blitz pressure would be big. All right, let's talk about what everyone was going to talk about, Bob Sosi. How do you stop Lamar Jackson? Everyone tries to do it. Uh, the Ravens, two years ago, it was 2019, the Patriots came down here with a plan to stop Lamar Jackson on a Sunday night or a Monday night game, I believe it was, and Jackson, and then the Ravens ran them out of the building. Then they went up to New England, and they played in a monsoon, and the Patriots won. It's worth noting the Baltimore Ravens have never, never won a regular season game in Foxborough. They are 0 and 6 of course, they've won a couple of playoff games up there, including the AFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl. John Harbaugh is 0-4 up there as a regular season coach. He's 2-6 and overall. But they went up there in the monsoon and lost. So if you're Bill Belichick, if you're that defensive staff, what's the plan against Lamar Jackson? Well, I think you're going to see the Patriots employ a lot of their safeties as they have typically done the last couple of years. They're big nickel, big dime packages. Now, a couple of years ago, I think, one of the players that helped to set a tone early in that game was Kyle Duggar. Uh, the Ravens, I think, on the opening possession of the ball near midfield. And he comes up and he he takes out Nick Boyle, uh, who's trying to block him, and brings down Mark Ingram right away. And uh, that was after Ingram and Lamar had shredded the paths for over 100 yards in, in a 200-yard-plus rushing performance for the Ravens in that 2019 game. And Duggar, I think, finished with a dozen tackles. He may not be available this week. Uh, he left the game in Pittsburgh because of a knee injury, uh, did not play in the second half, and he did not practice on Wednesday. That'll be a big blow to the Pats, but I think Jabril Peppers is probably the likely next man up. Uh, but as, as far as stopping the Ravens and controlling them, and there's, there's so many issues, as you guys well know. I mean, it seems like the Ravens have kind of recommitted to the multiple tight ends and the, and the big packages there. 
which presented a lot of problems uh, against the Patriots, if I recall, in 2019, uh, with the times, I think, two or three tight ends on the field, plus the fullback, Ricard. And then you got to deal with speed like the Ravens have at wide receiver with Bateman. And they had a tough time, you know, with the Dolphins receivers in, in some key spots. There was the 42-yard catch and run by Jalen Waddle before the first half ended in the season opener for the Patriots. That was one of those back-breaking plays, uh, along with that aforementioned strip sack. So I think the Patriots, you know, they're better, they've been better against the run uh, so far through two games. But they're going to be tested in a way they haven't been tested through two games. And and they have been at times porous against the one the last couple of years. So I think that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Belichick tries to support the defense, you know, from that standpoint up front and, and, and do it with more safeties, if you will, than linebackers. They just don't have the bodies at linebackers. There, there's no Dante Hightower like there used to be. There's no Kyle Van Noy. Uh, Jamie Collins came back on a visit, but he's not on the roster yeah. uh, yet for a fourth tour with the Patriots. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see how they try to stop the Ravens in this game. And I think Lamar is a much better passer than he was in 2019. I think that's true. But the Ravens have to figure out their run game. Their run game right now is a yeah. mess. I mean, they're just other than Lamar Jackson, they are not running the ball. They're they're running backs. They're three running backs in the in the uh, Miami game had 14 carries for 28 yards. They were consistently stuffed in short-yarded situations. The offensive line has pass-blocked well, but has not run black particularly well. So they, they've got to get that run game figured out. They may get J.K. Dobbins back this week. We will see. I thought he might be back last week because he practiced in full. But they've been cautious with him, and we're still waiting to see J.K. Dobbins. If he comes back, does he, he should add something for sure, but will he be 100%? Will the run blocking be any better? Those are all things uh, to wonder about. Let me ask you about our old friend Matthew Judon. How has he looked, and what do the Ravens have to worry about with him? Matt Judon looks great. Now, there are times when he's being double-teamed. I think there was a couple, there were a couple plays when Pittsburgh seemed to triple-team him out there, but he's had a sack in each of the first two games after 12-and-a-half last year. He didn't get to the quarterback in, in the final four games of 2021, Bo, but uh, I think there's a strong suspicion around here that uh, he might have been injured down the stretch last year. But he's a guy who plays with so much energy. He's added a lot to this defense. The key for the Patriots, though, is finding some complimentary pieces to go with him to get to the quarterback and I think the thing about with Lamar is that the Patriots are going to probably try to keep him in the pocket even though he's improved so much as a pocket passer because of that that's the way Belichick typically plays with these mobile quarterbacks you're going to see, see zone rather than man coverage and you're going to see that hey the kind of that halo pass rush where they're intent on keeping the quarterback in the pocket but Matt's been great uh, thus far as a Patriot in his year plus here. It's funny you mentioned the man versus zone. I mean, that's what you hear consistently. You hear consistently you have to play zone against Lamar Jackson because you have to stay facing him. If you play man and turn your back to him and he turns the corner against you and you lose sight of him, it's over. Well, he had the jet, fake jet sweep to Devin DuVernay, cover zero blitz, Lamar Jackson takes it up the middle for a touchdown. I mean, it can happen on any play. And he has a play where it looks like he's it looks like he's sacked. I mean, it looks like he has sacked that Jets game. They had him dead, and he's he wiggles out of it and turns into an eight yard gain on third and eight. And I think I say this to people all the time: if you're the Patriots, if you're the Bengals, if you're the Bills, whoever, you can take your fastest guy and try to pretend he's Lamar Jackson. But when in the when that happens and he improvises, there is no way to plan for what Lamar Jackson does improvising. I think it's so frustrating for a defense. You think they got the guy bottled up, and then he's 15 yards down the field. You don't even know what happened. Um, yeah, I'm 
I'm curious what Daniel thinks about how the Patriots might try to play in this game. Uh, yeah, obviously tackling is a big issue too uh, for them in in space. They had the trouble with Waddle in the first game, but they did a very good job against Pittsburgh from that regard. But how would you expect as an offensive player that the the Patriots will defend in this game? Uh, I think the main thing they got to do is try to eliminate Mark Andrews, and you know, really, I think Isaiah Likely is really due for a big game. You know, so I think they're going to try to eliminate Andrews. I think Likely will show up, and you'll actually see him make some plays this week. And um, I, I think the receivers, you know, everybody was really like, hey, what are Ravens going to do about receivers? And I think they got receivers. I don't think that's an issue at all. And I think you're seeing that the first two weeks. So I definitely think they're going to try to take away Bateman because he's really the deep threat downfield. You take him away and then you take away Mark Andrews. They don't have a running game at all right now. Contain Lamar. And then, you know, that I think it kind of self-explanatory kind of takes care of himself. The thing is, I think we're relying too much on Lamar's legs when we're in the running game. And I just don't think you should put him in those situations because he's really your only guy that's explosive that you got right now in the backfield. The Ravens have to spread the Patriots out. They're doing everything. Like you were saying earlier, Bob, I think he was 100% right. They kind of went back to the heavy package a lot with the three tight ends on the field and that snug alignment and that bunch alignment, that tight bunch. And it brings everybody inside the box. So people are loading up the box on the Ravens right now, trying to prevent Lamar from getting out. And we're not taking advantage enough of the actual pass because when you got nine guys in the box to try to stop the run and you only really got one person that's a true threat, then that means everybody's focusing on Lamar. You know, so at that point, you got to use that. Even in the tight bunch situation, those snug packages, use the receivers that you have because Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, those guys, even Nick Boyle are all receiving threats. You know, pull them in tight and then throw the ball still, you know, instead of trying to run it up so much. And the problem is, is the Ravens always play smash mouth football. So you you know you got to stop the run against them. So that's everybody's main focus, stop the run, stop Lamar. You know, but I think Matthew Judon has been doing a phenomenal job, you know, this year. And the, the thing I think he got to do better just from my standpoint is just keeping his motor hot at all times. And I think sometimes he's taking plays off because of the fact that he's getting those double team threats. As soon as he get a one on one threat, he's 100 miles per hour and he's lights out. And that's when he gets his sacks and he gets in front of the quarterback face. But every time he get one or two guys come over there, but he don't want no parts of that. He just kind of take the play off. The thing that everyone was talking about Lamar Jackson yesterday was he was wearing this arm sleeve on his right arm, um, and he didn't do any throwing. And we people were wondering about that, and we asked him about that, and both he and John Harbaugh downplayed it. But if you go back, someone pointed out he got his, he got his elbow hit by Pat Ricard's helmet on a play late in the game. And he ended up playing, it was, I think, in the third quarter, and he played the fourth quarter. And it's not, it's not like he was one for eight after that happened, but he clearly did something to his elbow. I don't, know if he'll, I don't know how much he'll throw in practice this week. Both John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson said he's playing. It's just a thing that happened. But it, it bears watching. And, Bob, for your point of view, Isaiah Likely is a guy to watch, as Daniel mentioned. This is a fourth-round rookie draft pick who basically, I tell people, he won training camp. He was the Ravens' best player in training camp from start to finish. And ironically, much like Mark Andrews in 2018, Isaiah Likely was not even the first tight end drafted by this team this year. That was Charlie Kolar from Iowa State, who's still on injured reserve. But Likely is a big, he's a receiving tight end, more in the mold of Hayden Hurst than a Nick Boyle. And that's what a lot of people think the Ravens have been missing in the past two years, was that move tight end, they call it, other than Andrews. And it can be, he's a big guy who can move. Yeah, Wilcox appreciates a good tight end game. <laughs> it, he, he can be a weapon. His first game against the Jets, he looked like a nervous rookie. He dropped two or three passes. He just didn't look, he looked, had a holding penalty, looked out of sorts. Got involved mm-hmm. last week with four catches. But if you key Andrews and you key Bateman, he's a guy that can hurt you. So I think he's going to be an interesting one to watch. All right, let's start with you, Bob Sosi. 
keys to a Patriots win. The New England Patriots win this game if what? Yeah, I, I, I like Daniel's thoughts about Mark Andrews. I think Belichick always, it seems, tries to identify one or two keys from an opponent, take them away. It's always seemed over the last few years that Andrews not only has been the most productive receiver consistently for the Ravens, but he's been Lamar's go-to guy. If it's fourth and goal or it's it's a short yardage spot or a key spot, seems that's where he wants to go with the ball. So I, I think a key is trying to defend Andrews to the point where he doesn't become a huge factor in this game. I don't think you're going to keep him to no catches, of course, uh, and, and not allow the Ravens to get that running game going. And I think from the Patriots' standpoint, they've, they've got to find a way to get some consistent rhythm to this offense. And it's going to be difficult because Jacoby Myers, I mentioned Duggar's injury, Jacoby Myers also did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, he had 13 targets, nine catches. He's been a leading receiver the last few years. He's the stick mover. So he's the guy on third down that Mac Jones is looking for. Uh, but I think they have to be, a, you know, an offense that is able to avoid the, the the turnovers, the silly mistakes that have hurt them, a false start in the red zone, a delay game in the red zone, you know, things that have forced them to back up and settle for field goals or ended drives with punts thus far through two games and, and, and get out to a good start offensively to, to kind of build on the finish. They ran out the clock against Pittsburgh, six and a half minutes. They ran the clock out. Uh, with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And I think it was the first time in two games you got a sense, okay, this offense has something going now. And they felt good about themselves, I think, because of the finish to that Pittsburgh game. Now they have to sustain it. Well, we will not. The Ravens thought nothing good about the finish of their game. They cannot possibly feel good about the finish of their game. But Daniel Wilcox, what are the keys for the Ravens? The Ravens win this game if what? I think it's going to come down to the same thing as last week. You know, the defense showing up and being Baltimore Ravens defense that they've always been. The defense has never been a factor in Baltimore. All of a sudden, it's a factor. Everybody's scratching their head like, what the heck is going on on the defense side of the ball? Um, I just think, you know, getting the defense squared away is huge. they got to continue to create turnovers. They missed a couple of turnovers they should have had last week. Um, I think if they can get Mac Jones to to force those throws down the field and, and create some turnovers and stuff down the field and return one or two of those for touchdowns, I think that'll be huge for the Ravens this week. You know, I'm, I'm going to key everything on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to believe that Lamar has now transitioned to a seasoned veteran, and you're going to get consistency from him week in, week out. He's going to control the offense. He's going to control the ball. He's going to not turn the ball over. And he's going to continuously put them in good situations and opportunities and, and present an opportunity for them to win every week. Um, Cardinal ruled the thumb, but when I was a Raven, Ray Lewis used to say this every single week. Willie, we're going to keep him underneath 21. All y'all got to do is score three touchdowns. You know, so Ravens defense, you always keep teams on the 21, no 100-yard rushers, and that's going to be hard this week because they got Harrison company. Them boys, they, they running, they playing the ball really, really well right now. You know, and they line, I think, is doing a phenomenal job. So, um, but I, I believe the defense is the key, and then, you know, how Lamar Jackson controls the clock and keeps the defense off the field and keep them fresh. That off, The Ravens offense had 31 points, and they had another seven on special teams with a kick return. That Ravens offense was mm-hmm. absolutely firing on all cylinders for three quarters. Explosive. They were dominating the Dolphins. And yeah. you look at those numbers Lamar Jackson put up. He had a perfect passer rating at halftime. It was, he finished at like 142. Uh, he had a 79-yard touchdown run. You look at the numbers, and there's no possible way that team lost that game. I mean, no possible way <laughs> they lost the game. But it, one thing gave that, up six touchdowns. Well, bro. that's why six that is touchdowns. the way you lose the game. And they couldn't get a first down late in the game. They had fourth and one and went for it and couldn't get it. But we'll also be buried. We'll have to watch this week 
the Ravens' secondary injury situation. Mark, uh, Marlon Humphrey didn't practice Wednesday. He basically left that game and was not on the field for the key moments of that uh, mm-hmm. Dolphins' comeback. Marcus Peters didn't practice yesterday either, although I don't think he's dealing with something quite as big as Humphrey. I mean, Peters oh, just came back for the first time. So this yep. de- the secondary is not going to be at 100% no matter what. But I cannot under, uh, overstate the importance of this game for this Ravens team. John Harbaugh said after the game against the Dolphins, how we respond to this is going to dictate what our season looks like. And they have this game, then they have Buffalo, and then they have Cincinnati. This is this three-week crucible for them. And if it goes south then, this season can unravel. And yet if they win this week in New England, all's well again. I mean, it's crazy how they talk about a week-to-week league. And I know, Bob, you said this is a huge week for the Patriots, too. It is a home opener, right? So people will be in full throat in Foxborough for this one, I am sure. And I know that the uh, Patriots also see it as a huge game. Well, we're looking forward to it. It'll be the Ravens at the Patriots, a place the Ravens have never won in the regular season, although they have won twice there in the postseason. Harbaugh against Belichick. They've matched off 11 times. Belichick, seven. Harbaugh, four. They're two of the longest-tenured coaches in the league. They're two of the best coaches in the league, and it should be a terrific, terrific game and a hugely important one for the Ravens. For my co-host, Daniel Wilcox, I want to thank you. I'm Bo Smolka, and I also want to thank our special guest today, Patriots play-by-play man Bob Sosi. Again, this is Bo Smoke on the Believe in the Ravens podcast presented by Bet Online.